0: Man, we are so glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. If I have not had the chance to meet you yet. Um, welcome to Rise Church. Um, y'all are in our second time in this facility. And uh, last week, our church kind of soft launched here. Um, we, we've been up for four years. We've been going for four years, but we moved into this facility last weekend, and we've had an incredible team put all this stuff together for you. And uh, this is our second. So y'all, you're wearing the sophomore weekend. And uh, so if you see a, a few things here out of place, just know we're going we're gonna to get it right. I always invite our guests to come back at least three times anyway. Everybody say three times. Yeah. If you are a guest, um, you need to know we do church for you, number one, on the weekend. Number two, we want you to come back three times because we really believe that it takes a few times to come back and get the taste of what we, we call spiritual family here at Rise. And, uh, and we really believe God has you here for a purpose, on, 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 for a reason. You're here not on accident, and uh, we hope that you come back and check us out. If you're watching online, do me a favor, like, comment, share, leave a review, do a few things in the chat. Hey, let us know what you're eating for Easter breakfast, and then you have time to come to our 1115 service up uh, right after this one. We can't wait to see you, and uh, we're excited that everybody's here. Um, Man, we're, we're, again, so glad that you're here on Easter weekend, and uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. If you don't know anything about the Bible, um, or maybe you're new to church or Christianity, first of all, just know, I love that. Like we do church for people who don't know God. And uh, we do church for people who are kind of figuring this thing out. Um, I always tell our church regularly, like we're all barely saved, including the pastors. So we're just trying to scoot in right before the doors close. And, uh, and so if that's something like you, man, you're gonna enjoy it here. But Matthew chapter 27, is, it's in what Matthew is what we call the gospel. Is, is, is one of the gospels. It's one of the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're gonna be in that first book in Matthew. It's kind of the second half of your Bible if you've never opened it up. If not, we're gonna put it up on the screens for you. But Matthew is a great gospel. It tells about the life of Jesus. And, um, and I thought, I, I, I've taught, I've been in ministry for almost 20 years now. I've been a pastor for almost that, that length of time. And sometimes, it just give you some insight to being a pastor, sometimes you try to get creative with the message of Jesus. Cause I don't want y'all to get bored. You know, I want to be like, Hey, I want to give you something you never heard before. And, um, I was praying just about the services and, and the message. And I felt like God told me, what if you just tell them my story? What if you just read them my story? And, um, maybe what you think, you know, about the story um, might be a little different. And so I thought today I'm going to read the resurrection story. I'm going to do it in abbreviated form, so I'm going to skip some verses. And that's why you need to get your own Bible so you can kind of get the details. But, but I'm going to read the resurrection today. And that's really where we pick up in Matthew chapter 27. Um, at this point in time, Jesus has already been born of a, of a virgin. He's lived 30 years on this earth, and then he has a three-year ministry. And then at the end of his ministry, he's betrayed And then he's abandoned. I just want to know if this resonates with anybody in here. Because if you're a human, I'll probably say yes. He's betrayed. He's abandoned. He's then accused of things that are not true. And then he's put on trial, and it was a sham of a trial because they, they accused him of stuff. And they couldn't even, in the trial, they couldn't even come up with good evidence to prove what he's been accused of. And in the midst of being proven innocent, he's actually proven guilty. For all those justice people out there, come on, if you're a justice person, this will frustrate you. And then he's taken from that spot into an area to be beaten the Bible says within an inch of his life, or they couldn't even recognize him that he was Jesus. Then they put a crown of thorns on his head. And... I mean, it's just the worst you can think of. And so we pick up in the moment after he's mocked for being what they call the King of the Jews, they pick up in Matthew 27 after he was tortured. And it says in verse 32, it says along the way, They came across a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And after they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on the right, one on his left. Revolutionaries is a nice translation. They were criminals. Now at about three o'clock, Jesus called out a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Or some translations say, forsaken me. And then Jesus shouted again, and he released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the sanctuary temple was torn in two, ripped from top to bottom. And many women who had come from from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James of Joseph, and mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And on the evening approached Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. And Jesus took pity, or, Jesus took the body, or Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. And he placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out by the rock. And then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Both Mary Magdalene and both Mary and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb watching. Then in Matthew 28, this is why you and I are here. Early on Sunday morning. Everybody say Sunday. Yeah, we're on Sunday morning. As the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb and suddenly there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord came down to the heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. And the angel said, Woman, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He's risen from the dead. Just as he said he would. Because if God says it, he could do it. He says, come see, come see, come see where his body's lying. And now go quickly and tell the disciples that he has been risen from the dead. And they went. Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grass his foot, and worshiped him. Today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message for Easter Sunday is a story like no other. Let's pray. Father, I love you, God. Lord, I know that you're here with us. You know, sometimes we think that we come into a church or we come into your presence, God, because it was our idea. This was your idea from the beginning. And so I pray that no matter what situation or circumstance we walked into this place, Lord God, I know, I know that we're here on purpose and you have a word to speak to us. So God, as we we open up your word, I pray that right now you would do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, you speak in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. I um, My wife and I, we love to travel. We're kind of traveling people. We like to go places and see new things. And, um, and recently, my wife and I went to New York City. And uh, we, we like New York City. We actually honeymooned in New York City because I'm from California. Don't hold that against me. I live in Texas now. I, I, call, I claim Texas. If somebody asks me where I'm from now, I go Texas. They're like, no, but originally, I go Texas. Where were you born? Texas. Because Texas is God's country. And so I, I, I just believe in it. And so um, we like to travel though. And so because we're from California, we wanted to, we we already went to the beaches on our honeymoon. We wanted to go to the city. So we went to New York and we enjoyed it. We really had a good time. We went and seen all the sites. We did all the kind of the touristy things. we were only there for a couple of days. I even brought a picture. Y'all want to see a picture of us? We went to uh, the, the famous, you know, the, it's not the Eiffel Tower. Somebody said this was the Eiffel Tower. It's like, this is not the Eiffel Tower. This is the Statue of Liberty. Thank you, France. Uh, but yeah, we were there. It was freezing, so we were all bundled up, and that's where we were at. But we went and seen all the sights. We had a good time. And honestly, when you go to New York, you got to do some kind of like New Yorky things. And one of the most New Yorky thing I think you can do is take the subway. Now, there's a lot of bad things being talked about in the subway right now. You know, you people being pushed in front of the subway cars. You know, you're getting carted, you getting you getting jacked, and, and you know, taking all your money. And you know, you get you just bad things are happening in the subway. But we felt like we're subway ins. We we, we we're New Yorkans. We want to go be a subway in. So we wanted to go into the subway and have a good time. So we took it pretty regularly, and we had honestly a good time, except for maybe a couple of times we got in there, and it kind of smelled like urine. But other than that, it was great. And uh, we get into this one, we get to this one area of town. We get up to what they call 96th Street. We get up to 96th Street. We tried this hot dog place that we wanted to try really, really badly. It wasn't any good. So we got into the, we got our hot dog. We get back in the, the car, and I told my wife, I said, Honey, we've been riding this subway train now for at least six hours. I know what I'm doing. If you would just trust me as a man of God. Obviously, I'm a pastor. I know where I'm going. Just trust me. I know where we're going. We need to get off on 72nd Street. So let me, reco- let me summarize. We're on 96. We need to get off on 72nd. We get onto the train. And if you've ever taken the New York City subway, it's like the two train to the F train to the I train to the crazy train. It's bad. It's not easy. So we're on the train. And my wife looks at me and she goes, do you want me to help you? (laughs) Do you want me to help you get off on the right stop? I said, honey, again, I love you. You're amazing. Woman of God. I'm good. I know where I'm going, I have an innate sense (laughs) of direction. And she goes, okay, no problem. So I'm looking at my phone. I'm so focused on where I'm where I'm going because it's not that we needed to get off on 72nd Street. We needed to get off on 72nd Street and then take a left and then go right and then take a bus and then get over here. And then we're next to the park and then we're over. So I was focused on where we were going. So we're going down. The train hits the first stop, you know, and, it, and I'm like, okay, thank. And so we're keeping going. And my wife, she tugged my, my jacket a little bit. She goes, do, do, you, do you know when, when we're supposed to get off? I said, Honey, we're good. I promise you, we're good. And so we keep going, we keep going, we keep going. And then my mind snaps into it a little bit. I listen to the next stop we get off of, or that the train stops on, and the train announcer gets on the speaker, and he goes, now stopping 42nd Street. (laughs) And I said, 42nd Street? We were on 96th Street, and we were going down. How many going. you are going down consecutive stops? we were supposed to get off on 72nd street. We were at the 42nd street and she looks up at me and she gave me y'all ladies, you, you have the look that y'all give your husbands. When you said something, they disregarded it. Y'all know it looks a little like this, like y'all come on right now. When you're, when you told your husband to cut the lawn and he said, I got it. And then the HOA, go ahead and find you. Come on. You gave him the look when you told your husband to put gas in his car and he said, don't worry, I know how long my car will drive. And then you pushing it up on 1604, right? You, you know, the look, she gives me the look like, mm-hmm. and I said, honey, we missed the stop. And she goes, she goes, Oh really? She goes, I thought you had it all covered. I said, don't be arguing with me in the subway. This is where stuff happens. You know, I said, get out the subway. We go, we get out. We cross a bunch of stuff. We get back into it. And then she led the way the rest of the way on the subway. Come on, ladies, women power. She led the way. She said, you are no longer qualified to lead us in the directions of the subway. But it made me think, um, it made me think about like how sometimes we can be so focused on what we know, we can miss the details and what we don't know. And sometimes the details are the, are the thing that, really matters. And, and you could be in here right now. Here's why this is important to you. Because maybe you're, you're, you come to church only on Christmas and Easter. And you already know the story I'm going to tell you. I mean, let's be honest. This is the most famous story of all mankind. You don't even have to be a Christian here. Some of y'all are not even believers in here. You're coming here as fire insurance today. You're like, I don't even know if I believe in God. But if there's a hell, I'm going to go to Easter just to cover me. And that could be you in here, and you know the resurrection story. You know there was a man named Jesus or Jesus, and he came down, and then he lived a sinless life, and he made it, and he did it, and so it was all good. And so you know the story. The problem is, is you miss the details, and it's in the details that maybe today could be a little different than any other Easter you showed up in. There's three characters I wanted to point out in the details that maybe... Look, you and I don't relate to Jesus. You'll never be Jesus. I'll never be Jesus. The Savior seat is taken. But in the story of the resurrection, there are other characters that you and I could definitely be. First one is this. First one's Simon. It was the first verse I read. I'll read it for you again. It says, Along the way, they came across a man named Simon. Everybody say Simon. Simon. That could be you. Let's just find out if it is. Who is from Cyrene, the soldier's force, Him to carry the cross of Jesus. Simon carried the cross of Jesus. Is that you? Can can you carry the cross of Jesus? Have you ever heard that statement before? Maybe some famous preacher or something you heard one time, like, I carry your cross. You you ever wonder what that means? You're like, I don't got a cross. Nobody gets executed like that anymore. Like, what what do you mean carry the cross of Jesus? Jesus actually... Takes time while he's alive to describe it and to explain it to us. He reads it, he says it in Matthew chapter 16. This is another part of Matthew's gospel. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, so if anyone you want to call yourself a Christian, if any of you want to say you're a disciple, if any of you want to put on Facebook Christian, if any of you want to put like that fish on the back of your bumper sticker, if any of you want to walk around saying you a Christian, you yeah, I'm down with Jesus, you know, yeah. He says, this is what you got to do, you must give up your own way and take up your cross and follow me. Carrying your cross simply means to give up your own way. Give up how you think you should do it. Give up how you think you should be married. How you think you should be a parent. Give up how you think you should be at, at your work. Give up how you think you should be as a husband. How you think you should be as a wife. How you think you should be as a grandparent. As you, how you think you should be as an American citizen. How you think you should be, come on. As a follower of Jesus, he said, you got to give it up. You got to give it up and do it my way. And I don't know about you, but that's offensive to me. Because my way is right. I just showed you on the New York subway how important my way is. And just like that stinking story, most times when I do it my way, maybe you can relate. It don't always turn out right. It don't always turn out right. I told you my wife and I like to travel. We, I have this tradition at the airport when I go to the airport. There are, I, I guarantee you there are two types of people in the world. You want to know how I'm going to separate y'all right now? Going make, we're going to make enemies and friends right now. There are one type of people who like to go to the airport. If you're flying out at 10, you show up at the airport at like 445 if that's you, raise your hand. Come on, somebody. Just We go there early, just in case. Like, I don't know. We might catch the early flight. There is no early flight, but you show up just in case. Okay. Then there are those of you who I believe the right kinds of people show up right as the plane doors are opening. Raise your hand. You're like, I want to show up at the very last minute I want to, because I think I, I'm fighting against the man. Somebody's getting over on me. If I have five minutes and I'm waiting at the gate, but if you live like me, you don't always have a non-stressful moment leading yourself up to come on y'all. So we went on this flight and it wasn't this one to New York. It was a different one. And we get up. It was supposed to be leaving at 10. We left at like nine 30 and I was like, we're going to be good. My wife again, honey, are you Sure. And I said, don't even worry about it. We get out. I realized I didn't have any gas, stopped to have to get gas. (laughs) Then we got caught up in some traffic because San Antonio is, if nothing else, faithful with the traffic. (laughs) Then I realized we had to go park the car. Then the parking guy took forever. Then we get up to the thing and we're walking through the security and I got TSA pre-checked. I'm the special one in my mind. That lane was longer than the regular lane. Needless to say, we ran to the gate. I begged the person. They said, okay, you're an idiot. Go ahead. And they let me on the track. When I do it my way, come on, y'all. Does anybody ever relate to do you Are you like me where you do it your way, but it don't always work out the way that you had thought to do it? And I just like that Simon got out of his own way. And he carried the cross of Jesus. Do you realize we only write about Simon. Because he stopped going his way, and he started doing something for Jesus. He's only famous because he got out of his own way. I just wonder what you and I are missing by doing it always our way and not doing it God's way. I just wonder who it affects. I mean, he witnessed greatness, y'all. Greatness. When he picked up the cross of Jesus. For those of you who don't know, his legacy was affected. The Bible talks about in Romans chapter 16, Paul, apostle of Jesus, who writes two-thirds of the New Testament. He actually pens this thing in Romans. He writes this letter to the Roman church. It's crazy. And he says... He mentions a guy named Rufus, goes on to mention Rufus and his brother. Those were sons of Simon who wind up being missionaries to Jesus Christ. So let's summarize Simon got out of his own way, started doing it God's way. It not just affected him, it affected his legacy. His kids were changed. His family was changed. His world was changed. His his family name, his bloodline was changed. Some of y'all don't come from the greatest bloodline. And the biggest worry you have in your life right now is just to leave something for your kids. Do you know one of the greatest things you can do for your kids and your family and your bloodline? Get saved, follow Jesus, and walk with him for the rest of your life. It'll change generations. It'll change generations. I read a statistic for those, guys, for those of you who are, are fathers in here, something like 90% of the family will become followers of Jesus if the father comes to the faith. And you're waiting for your wife to bring you to church. You can lead, man of God. You got it in you, it's your responsibility. You can do it, you can change your whole family with one decision of your life? Are you Simon? Maybe you're not Simon. Maybe you're a second person. This is kind of my favorite, if I'm honest. It's Mary Magdalene. I like Mary. I like what it says about Mary. She says, it says in verse 55, and many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance and among them were Mary Magdalene. You know who Mary was? Mary lived, here's how I describe Mary. Mary lived faithful past conversion. She lived faithful past conversion. Is that you? Some of y'all are Christians in here. You've been following Jesus, you know, forever. Like since Moses was on this earth. You know the Bible. You go to church. And you're You're converted. Come on, you you, you give your life to Jesus, but you're not faithful to him. You're faithful to an ideal. You're faithful to your company. You might be faithful to your country. God knows some of us are faithful to our political party. Just look at social media. But are you faithful to Jesus? I like that she kind of was... I mean, even after conversion, she's there. She's, she's, she's a, I call her a disciple because if you look and read her history, she's never called a disciple, but she should have been because she was there at the beginning. She was there in the middle. She was there at the end. In fact, she was one of the only ones there at the end. Hello. Talking about some of the most famous disciples coming to Jesus saying, I never leave you, Jesus. Don't even worry about it. When it's on, it's on. I got your back. Just call me. And then Jesus gets arrested and he looks around and he realizes ain't nobody there. But you know who was there? Mary. Because she was faithful past conversion. She was faithful past the coolness of being a Christian. The acceptedness of being a Christian. Like I told you, I'm from California. In the Bay Area, it ain't cool to be a Christian there. Out here we kind of in the somewhat South Texas Christian belt a little bit. It's kind of cool to be Christian, you know, especially like you go to church. Yeah, go to church. you my homeboy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's all good. Christian. Jesus. What's up? You know, it's like, but can you be faithful, you know, when it ain't cool? She modeled faithfulness past conversion. For church, for her, Jesus wasn't a religion. Jesus wasn't a church. Jesus wasn't a Bible verse. No, man, Jesus wasn't rules. Je- Jesus wasn't in it. Jesus was a person. It was a relationship. It was somebody that she looked into his eyes and she said, that man changed my life. Yeah. And everybody can walk away, but I ain't. I think it's interesting that at Jesus' tomb, it wasn't dudes that were there. It was women. Come on, ladies. That's where you shout. Well, yeah. It was women stood by Jesus in his toughest hour. I like the toughness of Mary. She was tough. She has some grit to her. You can't stick with Jesus during all that nonsense and not be tough. Sometimes as a pastor, can be honest, I think about it, I meet some people and I'm like, and like when one thing happens in their life, they disintegrate. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know that person? If you don't know that person, it could be you. When like something bad happens, right? Something comes, shows up, you did not even know was going to happen, and the first place you run to is not your knees or to God, it's to social media, and you tell everybody you want and know, can you believe this is what happened? And everybody who knows you're a Christian are confused. Because the God you were telling would set you free. You're talking about, you got to come to my church and talk about my God, and he's amazing, and he changed my life. The moment you got something wrong happen in your life, you pretend like he ain't real. We need some gritty Christians. My sons, the other day, I taught, they had to go clean up leaves in the yard. Now, if you've ever raked leaves in the yard, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. If your daddy or your mama made you rake some leaves, yeah. Okay, you know what the universal feeling of raking leaves in the yard is? Despair. It feels like it's never going to stop, doesn't it? I need you to go back to when you were a kid, and your dad said, rake that pile of leaves should take you five minutes. And you look at the pile, and you're like, Dad, I'm three. Right? So I said, I have five sons. I figured there's five of them. Strengthen numbers. Y'all go fix it. I'm leaving. I'll be back. Because I'm a dad now. That's called the dad flow. You know what I'm saying? You walk up. Son, I need this done, this done, this done. By the time I get back, go do it. And then you walk away. What kids don't see is our smile. That's right. So I come back, and they have like three leaves raked. And I realized in that moment, either I'm a terrible father, right, or I miscommunicated what my intentions were, like what my expectations were. So I said, listen, I need you all to do this. Why didn't you do it? They said the famous statement that every kid says it. Dad. They didn't even say it like this. "Eh, Yeah. It's hard. Hurt my head. I got blisters. I said, let me see it. They, Go out there and rake and leave. <laughs> Dads, anybody else do that but me? Anybody? anybody? <laughs> what do you mean it's hard? Go to work. That's hard. Right? Digging a ditch. That's hard. Rake and leave ain't hard. Go out and rake and leave. And he, do. We and the whole time they whine, they just whine, they just whine, 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 Not even the good kind of whine, just whining all the time, whine, whining. I'm like, why are you whining? And then they get sad. They try different strategies. You kids don't think we know it. We know what's going on. First, you start with the, I'm sad. Then you start with the, I'm mad. You start rebellion, you know, you're just like, we're going to We'll just get all twelve of us together. They thought all five of them could take me. I said, if y'all want some of this, bring that smoke. Come on. Then their strategy, I'm going to go to mom. I said, don't go to mom. She ain't going to help you. Jesus could be down here. He ain't going to help you. Go out and rake a leaf. I'm trying to teach my kids one thing. Just I need you to be a little grittier than this. I need you to be able to push through some problems, some issues that come. I need you to be able to get a blister and still rake a leaf. And sometimes as Christians, we're a little soft. And I like that Mary was like y'all going, y'all going to try to arrest us? Say I won't. Like, come on. She's like, I'm here. I ain't going anywhere. I'm with Jesus no matter what happens. I'm called faithful. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're not Mary. Maybe you're you're Joseph of Arimathea. I like Joseph. Joseph's unique. Verse 57, it says, as evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus's body. I like, I like Joseph because he was bold for Jesus after he was gone. He was bold for Jesus after he was gone. Can you be bold for Jesus? I mean, he did something, You maybe you don't know this, he did something that could cost him everything. He was a a famous Pharisee. He knew people. He was rich. It would have taken, just by the way, just so you know, all of his friends, all of his boys, all of his political party, all of the people that he believed in, all the people that all the, you know, all of his news organization that he followed and he watched, everybody on social media, all of his friends. He did the complete opposite of what everybody thought. And he did it in such a public way, you couldn't have gone to Pilate and people would not have known. Everybody knew he went to Pilate. Everybody knew he asked for Jesus' body. And everybody knew that he put Jesus' body in his own brand new rich guy tomb. It would have been public notice that that guy was with Jesus. He, he was not a guy who had nothing to lose. He had everything to lose. He had everything to lose. And in the midst of people Accusing Jesus. Come on, when it wasn't cool, when it wasn't accepted, when it wasn't easy to be a follower of Jesus, this guy showed up. Yeah. And he took a risk. Being bold means you're gonna to have to take a risk sometimes. My wife and I, we've been, we just celebrated 16 years of marriage, just like two days ago. It was awesome. We loved it. And um, it's okay, just Clap for her because she's hanging on by a thread. So it's great. Um, And uh, I'm just kidding, boo. I love you, girl. Anyway, um, I met her when I was 15 years old in a tiny little church. It was about maybe 60, 70 people. And um, our church was not, we didn't have like a lobby. We didn't have like cool things for kids. It was like one building that when you open the door, there you are. And when you're that small, when you've got 50 people in the church, have y'all been in a church that kind of small, you know what I mean? When you're that small, once the door's open in the back, everybody does this. <laughs> so we're all going to do this together in a church service, just so you can get an idea of what it felt like. Everybody look at Tabby and Mr. Tim in the back on the count three. One, two, three, just look. That's what happened. And... Um, she walks in with like eight deep in her family, and, and I had already dated all the other high school girls in our school, in our, in our church, and she walked in, and I'm like, high school girls, come on, young people. Y'all know what I'm saying. It's like, a new girl. Hello. What's up, girl? So I looked over to my friend. I said, yo, you see that? He goes, oh, yeah. So we fist bumped, and we said, let's go see if we can get her to come sit with the t-. We had like a youth row, you know, it was like a youth couple of chairs. It wasn't very big. We had a a youth section. So we went up to my wife and I said, you know, guys, I just want you to know something. We don't know what we're doing when we talk to women, but I assumed I did. So I licked my lips a little bit, just give a little walk up. I said, Hey, there's a, uh, A section over here for teenagers. If you, and I don't really care if you're other, but if you (laughs) want to come over, you come sit with me and my friend. And I kind of looked up like, got her. (laughs) And she looked up to me and she said, No. (laughs) And it was public. It was in front of everybody. I even heard, I think I heard like the grandmama go, like, oh, baby. Hey, I'll come sit with you. You know, you're like, I don't want you to sit with me. I want her, you know. Take risk, right? I'm gonna say risk. risk. I'm just telling you, one day, one day, if it hadn't happened already, if you're really being bold for Jesus, faithful him, following him, you're going to have to be bold one day where it's going to be risky. Where your boss might tell you something like, I don't know if, man, I don't know if, man, we can't be hiring. We can't have no Christians around here and be like, well, I'm a Christian. It is what it is. Young people, man, there's going to be some parts of your school where people are going to be, like, talking about you and be like, man, like, can you believe those Christians? Can you believe what happened on this bleep, 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 and TikTok and then the Twitter and then the Instagrams and all that? Like, and you got to be like, hey, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. I'm about that Jesus life it is what it is. You might have to be bold with your own family. How many of y'all had that issue before? Come on, somebody. Where somebody got hurt by a church a long time ago, and they're carrying their bitterness and their hate and their problems and their issues and their offense into your family life. Talking about, we had a, that church ain't just, don't worry, that church is going to hurt you. Just give it time. Can you be bold to be like, look, I'm with Jesus. It is what it is. And you take a risk for who he really is. Are you, are you one of those people is the question. No, no, we can't be Jesus. But I think we could be one of them. Are you Simon? And carry the cross for Jesus. Are you Mary who can be faithful and gritty, be strong, have some backbone, some steel in your backbone as a Christian? Are you, are you Joseph of Arimathea? Can you be somebody who can be bold for Jesus? I think if you and I could do that, I really believe, I really believe that the resurrection story could be different because I stopped the story at when the stone rolled away. But we don't celebrate the death of Jesus. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And you could be in here hopefully by this time, this is not your same old Easter message. Maybe in here, you can be like, I relate to Simon, or I relate to Mary, or I relate to Joseph, and I I can play that part, and that's my call today, and so maybe you're in here and you, you have a step to take. My prayer is that you would take that step in Jesus' name.